Hello and welcome to the new season of Elwet Talks. We are happy to officially welcome you to the second season of our podcast about destination weddings in Greece. For all of those who don't know me yet, my name is Sanya, the founder of Elwet Magazine, and I will be your host today. As you may have seen already from our Instagram post, we at Elwed had a lot of news to share with the beginning of this well-anticipated new year. But one big one was the feature on Wedding Wire blog, as Elwed Talks was selected among other podcasts as the best podcast to listen to in 2021. How exciting is that? I still can't believe it. On top of that, I had a chance to be a part of history in the making with the Wedding Trend Report 24 Hour Live Summit. I got a chance to represent Elwed together with over 30 speakers and 3000 listeners from around the globe. It's simply mind-blowing. You can find the trend report at theweddingacademyglobal.com and read my expert advice on the pages 34 to 36. Oh, and one of our cover shoots was also featured in there, so make sure to check it out. And all this wouldn't be possible without the wonderful Megan Ely of OFD Consulting. So big shout out and thank you to her and make sure to find her interview on Elwood Talks. We certainly had a lot to say. And now finally, join me in this new episode where we talk with Renee Dallo. Among others, Renee is a destination wedding planner and designer of Moxie Bright events. Her background in professional musical theater and fine dining hospitality sets her apart from other planners in that she really plans for the whole event, not only how it looks, but also how it feels. She focuses on the full guest experience as well. With over 12 years of experience under her belt, Renee turned her knowledge towards the advancement of the industry as a whole and launched her top-notch educational resources for event pros. In addition to her self-guided wedding management e-course, she is also the founder and host of the popular B2B podcast Talk with Renee Dallo. Renee is a fan favorite on speaker circuits, taking stage on national and international conferences across the country, including Old Summit, Wedding MBA, and Creative at Heart, among others. She is recognized across the industry, having earned a coveted spot on HoneyBook's 20 on the Rise list, and she contributes frequently to industry publications. She currently serves as a president of WIPA Southern California and has also held leadership roles at the Association of Bridal Consultants and the Rising Tide Society. In this episode, you can get to know Renee and her story. We dive deep into wedding planning and thinks everybody forgets to plan for their wedding day. Renee shares a lot of valuable advice from her personal and professional experiences as a wedding planner. And now, let's get started. Hello, Renee, and welcome to Elwood Talks. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Um, I can see you all across the industry. I mean, from WIPA, Rising Tide Society, Honeyboy. Like, tell us a little bit more about your story and how you got to where you are today. And uh, Where did you start? Well, sure. First of all, thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here with you. Um, you know, I started a long time ago. I started, I think, you know, I planned my first wedding 14 years ago, which was uh-huh. a wedding for a friend. You know, I was that friend mm-hmm. in... You know, every friend group has that one friend who's like Martha Stewart, mm-hmm. who plans all the parties and cooks all the meals. Mm-hmm. And that was me. So when my friends started getting engaged, uh, we were all out of work actors back in the day. And they said, well, you're good at this. You can plan my wedding. And I thought, well, I don't know. Can I plan your wedding? I guess I could. And and I took to it pretty naturally. And I did it as a hobby for a long time, like seven years. Mm-hmm. Um that one, that first wedding that I planned for my best friend, uh, that sort of spiraled into like a little hobby. You know, it was a hobby. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a business. It was literally someone would email me and say, so-and-so gave me your name. They said, you can help me plan my wedding. And I remember thinking at one point, I getting an email from someone and the person that they said referred them was someone I didn't know. Really? And I was like, who is Jeanette? Who, I don't know this person. And so what I called them, I said, I'm sorry, who gave you my information? And they were like, and they told me her name again. And I was like, yeah, I don't know her. And they said, oh, she was a guest at one of the weddings you planned. So I always like to say that I kind of fell into having a business. 
you know, because I, 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 it wasn't intentional. I didn't, I wasn't doing any of those weddings as like, well, one day I'm going to make this professional. I was just doing, I was just good at it and I liked it and it was fun and sometimes stressful, of course, but it was lovely to be around people in that, you know, phase of their life. And then once my husband and I got married, we live in Los Angeles, but we got married in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, thousands Mm -hmm. of miles away. I hired Mm -hmm. a wedding planner in Philadelphia because I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, very familiar with the location. That's where my husband's from. It's not where I'm from. Mm -hmm. So we worked together for about a year. And then at the end, after our wedding, she said, I don't know why you're not a wedding planner. You didn't need me, (laughs) which was funny. (laughs) I thought I definitely did. Um, Yeah. And my answer at first was like, well, I don't know. There's so many wedding planners in LA, like who needs one more? And she said, well, who cares? There's a million people doing everything everywhere. Just start. And I, and it was that, it was a funny moment because it was that moment, like it sounds so simple, right? To have someone say, so who cares? Mm -hmm. Do it anyway. But that was the moment where I thought, okay, maybe this can be a real thing. And then I worked on a website and um, I launched my website April 1st. Uh, back in the eight years ago, and I did my first wedding April seventh. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> so basically, it was fate. A little bit. I mean, yeah, it's it was kind of a. I like to say this is like the grand, you know, plan. This is like the the big culmination yeah. of all the things I'm good at. Yeah, that's amazing, and it's so nice that you had like the support from your other wedding planner for yes. your, your wedding. <laughs> yeah, it was like this um, aha moment, you know, like. Yeah. Oh yeah, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. Definitely was. And then of course, yeah. building a business is different and that takes time and energy and and yeah. so much education um over the years, but that first like initial push was her just saying like, mm-hmm. "Why not you?" Yeah. Yeah. And how did you get to be the speaker on all of these amazing platforms and okay, obviously it took many years and yeah. lots of work <laughs> to do that, but uh, what what gave you this um let's say change uh from planning weddings you still plan weddings right oh yeah 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 well i mean not this year because of covid but in normal years yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah we still do about 20 weddings a year um in a regular mm-hmm. year but the you know how we got started in speaking or how i got started in speaking was um I was one of the leaders for Rising Tide in Los Angeles. Um, LA is mm-hmm. a huge community. And at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, you know, Rising Tide really grew in LA. Like we had one, we had one location and then suddenly we had six. And so I was one of, mm-hmm. of those leaders. And honestly, um, Natalie Frank, who is the co-founder of Rising Tide, wanted to come to LA to do an in-person event. Mm-hmm. This was, this was mm-hmm. maybe five years ago now. And she emailed me and said, mm-hmm. we're looking for speakers for this event who do you recommend? And I gave her a list of my friends or people I knew or people like Jasmine Starr who were in our market, who are mm-hmm. big name. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know Jasmine, yeah. we've done weddings together. I could probably get her. And Natalie wrote back and That's said, amazing. what about you? And again, <laughs> right, again, this repeats in my life, right? Someone's saying like, why not you? What about you? And I looked at my husband yeah. and I thought, I don't know, should I say yes to this? And he's like, yes, say yes to this. Why would you say no? And I was like, well, I don't have a topic. He's like, you can pick a topic. So I wrote back and said, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, I can, yeah. What do you want me to talk about? And she's like, whatever you want. And that, right. And that's the scary moment. Not the, the ask was like very kind of her. Cause I was yeah. one of the first leaders, but also the, what do you want yeah. to talk about? I was like, oh, okay, well I have to make the most of this 30 minutes. And I ended up mm-hmm. talking about a topic that I feel really strongly about called the power of language, um, which is mm-hmm. just about limiting language and how, especially women in business, we tend to, and maybe not as much these days, but five years ago, definitely it was less talked about. We tend to use language that diminishes our accomplishments, right? Or that makes us- Absolutely. Right? We say things like, well, I just was yeah. in, or I don't really, I'm no yeah. expert, but you know, we, we yeah. and we're societally conditioned to use this like language that makes us seem like not as big, not taking mm-hmm. up enough space, not as successful. And honestly, that's a bunch of BS. Yeah, totally relate yeah. yeah and I can totally relate and so when when I sat down and thought like okay what do I want to talk about I was like I want to talk about this so um they ended up streaming it uh online like through YouTube or whatever mm-hmm. and then a very mm-hmm. strange thing happened in the net like the six I don't know probably six to nine months after that event um I would be at cocktail parties out in LA like networking events for the industry and someone would stop me and say are you Renee it's like uh yeah like yeah. I saw you on the internet and I was like um, okay. And like, I saw your speech on the internet and that's what people kept saying to me. Oh, I saw your talk oh on the, God. and I was like, wow. And so I went back to look at it after the fact, and it's been viewed like 500,000 times or something insane, just oh an insane God. number. And it's not just me. There are other speakers that are on there too, but 
I remember thinking like, oh, this hit a nerve with people because like I would, or I'd get emails from women saying, um, you know, would I write an email now? Your voice is in my head. Like, <laughs> like oh, that's know, so sweet. which was great. But what, so then because that got so much attention, um, other people reached out and said, Hey, do you want to come speak here or there? And then mm-hmm. eventually, mm-hmm. um, eventually I started speaking at wedding MBA. That was like three years ago. And that oh, was really okay. what, what sort of did it. Cause wedding MBA is a big platform here. Oh my God. And I'm really grateful you took the time to speak also to me. <laughs> We're just, uh, just a little <laughs> the, uh, going back to your talk. Um, yeah, <laughs> we are just a little magazine <laughs> from Greece. No, you're big, you're big time. You're doing it. You're out there. You're putting yourself out there in the world. Come on. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you very much and for your support and for taking this time. Um, but yeah, so what would you say that inspires you in your business? Oh, wow. Um, everything. I mean, any, (laughs) I feel like there's inspiration everywhere if you're open to it, as as far as like the wedding business and, and planning and designing weddings for clients. Um, Mm -hmm. I look a lot at fashion shows, like I, you know, like I look a lot at New York fashion week. Thank, thankfully that everyone's putting them online now. So I don't have to actually go. Mm -hmm. Um, but Paris fashion week, you know, not not just wedding fashion, but like, like mainstream fashion. Like I want to see what those super high end designers are putting out. And, Mm -hmm. and then ultimately I I also want to see the show in which they produce it, you know, like how are they presenting their, their stuff and what are those trends? Because eventually those, those trends, and, and I mean like color, shape, design, inspiration, that's all going to trickle down to the wedding industry eventually. We get it mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so right. Uh, like from the mirror and silver, like what was before in fashion yeah. is now coming. I mean, it's already yeah. in, in the wedding. I feel like it goes like, <laughs> and, high, uh, gold I feel like, and, it goes yeah. like high fashion, mm-hmm. home decor, and then wedding. <laughs> yes, yes, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> it is like that, you're right. But uh, yeah, that's uh, you're so right. Like fashion, also not only like clothes, also material yes. and like velvet, oh, right? Yes. It was big before in fashion. Now it's big in weddings. Right now we're putting like, velvet yeah. on every table. I'm like, it's summer. Why? Okay, yeah, well, yeah, we'll do velvet. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And ve- we have uh, velvet chairs on the beach. Love like, it. okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. it's fine. It's it looks pretty exactly (laughs) yeah but that's such a great point to say for all the brides that are that are designing their weddings now for the next year or for the upcoming wedding like think about what actually can fit together like maybe well in the summer is maybe not the best choice although it's yeah it's a I love velvet. I, I, I'm one of those people who just wants to be like covered in velvet all the time, but I do live in Southern California. So it, there is a consideration of like, do we want that or do we want linen? Maybe we just do linen because it's August, you know, but yeah, I think, you know, Pinterest has become so um, synonymous with weddings these yeah. days, but honestly, by mm-hmm. the time something gets to Pinterest, A, it's already been done enough times that someone has mm-hmm. pinned it. And, and it's not, you know, you're not going to find anything new on Pinterest, Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. and that's why I think some some of the trends, um, especially in the states, I don't know if I don't know if Greece are doing this, yeah. but like the mason jar, the burlap yeah. that was so popular. Oh yes, 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 decade, definitely. Yeah, it yeah. only stayed popular mm-hmm. because that's what was getting pinned. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. We're still there a little. Oh, you bit. are. Yeah. Thankfully, in LA, we've uh, <laughs> we've grown out of it for the most part. Yeah. Okay. To be honest, there are many high end luxury weddings happening in Greece that are actually, you know on top of the trends and there's a lot of style shoots happening that are really really good um uh, let's say comparison to to usa trends are somewhat somewhat the same mm-hmm. uh but like the local brides would still go for the mason jars uh i don't know just because they love it or because they've seen it so many times i don't know what is the reason yeah. uh but they are still happening uh with the you know some of the brides that just love rustic yeah some people love rustic i mean the thing about mason jars i think at the moment when it happened when it came out it seemed very kitschy and fun like oh we're gonna drink from mason jars nobody does that meanwhile my husband drinks from mason jars all day every day in this house that's what he's Mm. it's it's he prefers to drink out of mason jars because they're huge and like for me Mm -hmm. to have that at someone's wedding i'd be like well that's what i drink at home like it doesn't it's not it doesn't feel special anymore it's become mainstream Exactly. For for us, no. I mean, here in Greece, uh, mason jars to drink from home at home is not something people would right. do. 
uh, it's not so popular, but uh, I guess it became popular on at weddings because it was easily accessible. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you can get it anywhere. Like, so it was like, oh, I can do a cheaper wedding this way and it still looks fun and, you know, cozy and, you know, special. It's not the, the typical white linen and white right. chairs. Right, right. But, uh, uh, yeah, but otherwise, I think uh, weddings in Greece are quite uh, advanced. It's <laughs> great. I think especially when we're done with so, quarantine and when we're out of the COVID, I think mm, we'll see a lot more of a new design because yeah. we've all been home, staying yeah. and, and, you know, hopefully experiencing design in a different way. Yeah. So what are some of the trends that you see picking up? I mean, in LA, we're we're all about the small weddings right now because we have to be. So mm-hmm. we're seeing it. Yeah, 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 we're seeing more of a trend toward like a dinner party wedding where there's like twenty or thirty of your closest mm-hmm. people, and there's like a ten course meal, you know, which is not normal in 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 the states. Like normally, we buffets mm-hmm. are pretty common here, um, even food stations. But a sit down meal that's that is the main event is generally mm-hmm. not what we've seen. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. kind of a nice move in that in that direction. Yeah. We're seeing a lot more of like. Um, you know, smaller desserts or like coursed out desserts, not just like one giant cake, mm-hmm. which I also love. Um, and just really just a lot more personalization, not so much with the couple, which we've been moving toward for years now, making everything personal to the couple, mm-hmm. but making it personal for the guests as well. So like one of the yeah. one of the weddings we did this year, which was a an estate wedding, which was just an at-home wedding in LA. Um, mm-hmm. It was 21 guests. And one of the guests, the father of the bride, um, just got his an entirely different meal than everybody else because he's like a meat and potatoes Texan. And so everyone else was having like duck and he had a steak and potato and it was fine. It was easy to do for catering because it was 20 people, right? So I thought, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if like, (laughs) if one day we did a wedding where like everyone had their favorite meal instead of the meal, right? Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. Crazy for the catering. Yeah. yeah, That's (laughs) crazy for catering. (laughs) <laughs> well when you said it was a stay-at-home wedding what exactly was that can you describe a little bit yeah I mean we're really restricted in LA right now like we've never we've never really opened up um, once we went into stay-at-home mm-hmm. orders and so the only gatherings that are mm-hmm. really even taking place are at people's homes so in this particular case mm-hmm. um, you know I, I don't want to call it a backyard wedding because this was like a pretty grand estate in mm-hmm. Beverly Hills but um you know, it was uh, everyone got tested beforehand. Everyone who was there had already mm-hmm. quarantined. So it was very safe. And it was literally just family. And mm-hmm. uh, we did a private ceremony um, in the back with, you know, the groom's dad officiating. And then mm-hmm. we were just there. It was just me, um, my, te- my team, which at that point was just me and an assistant who came for half the day, uh, the photographer and catering staff. It was really, really, really simple. Um, and that's yeah. what I think we're going to see for a little bit longer until we can open up again, you know? That's great. Yeah. And also, as you said, to cater to to personalize things yes. for guests, uh, not only for the couple. That's a really good point. Uh, do you have any suggestions for the brides how to do that? You know, that? one of the things we did with this small wedding uh, was, I, I'm not a huge fan of favors. Um, I think favors like uh, mm-hmm. can be just discarded. They, they always get left behind. But in this yes. case... Um, yeah the bride's sister who was also the maid of honor um she is a professional baker and so what she did was make like a little uh takeaway box for each guest of like mm-hmm. mini dessert mm-hmm. like a really tiny desserts of ones they had in the meal and then each of them was callig- mm-hmm. had a calligraphy on the front of the of the guest name and then inside was a handwritten note oh, from the sweet. bride and groom and i thought that was a really nice mm-hmm. touch like it wasn't it wasn't mass produced mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, and it was a, just a sweet little thing. It wasn't a huge, a huge thing. It was just a sweet little thing. Um, we did another small wedding where the very next morning, uh, the bride and the bride and groom had bagels and cream cheese and coffee delivered to each guest's door because they couldn't do like a morning mm-hmm. after brunch, of course, because of COVID. So we did that little extra touch, and mm-hmm. I thought that was really sweet too to say like, hey, we know we can't have breakfast together, but here's something on us. And the most expensive part of that was the courier to bring it to everyone's house. So like stuff oh, like that uh... that can happen. But you know, even for destination weddings, like you know, we did we do a lot of destination like um, I call them mini destination because they're like Palm Springs, which is like two hours away for us or Joshua Tree, two hours away. Like we go serve those those locations as well. And a lot of times, especially when we're in Joshua Tree, um, you know, it's it's nice to do something for your guest destination wise that also can influence their their 
their, you know, their vacation part of it. So like when Joshua Tree has this, um, Joshua Tree has this, it's called the Integatron. It's like a, it's like a stargazing building slash meditation center Mm -hmm. and it's really difficult to get tickets for it because it's small and it's it's exclusive Mm -hmm. so when we work in joshua tree one of the first things i say to my couples is like hey do you want to do you want to buy out the integratron for the weekend or and just get tickets for all your guests so that they there's something that they can do in the location that they can do either together you know with other guests or on their own and they Mm -hmm. feel connected to the destination so i like stuff like that as well that's amazing. An amazing tip for all the brides that want to do something like in Greece, there's like bajillion yeah. things that they can do. But uh, yeah, something like this, like an observatory. We also have one here in Athens. It's a really, I don't know, fun gift to give and something unique, you know, because uh, here in Greece, everybody's going to go for a boat trip, you know, or <laughs> or dinners uh, at the local tavernas or something like that. But yeah, uh, something like an observatory or something like what you were saying, it's really a different um, and unique perspective on things. So yeah, that's a great Thanks. idea. And what would you say that was uh, your best experience as a wedding planner? Oh my, there's been so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, for me, it's as a planner, it's always a great experience um, f- like when, when my clients and the guests both have a great time. And so that's what I love to see mm-hmm. as a planner, um, as someone who's like, a, you know, fly on the wall at all these events after spending so long planning them just to sort of sit back and say like, oh, look, everyone's really enjoying it. They're really yeah. engaging with an event. Um, and so for me, I guess, you know, the, the best example of that in my business has been, again, in Palm Springs, we did a, um, we did an Indian American wedding. So the groom was Indian, the bride was, mm-hmm. um, you know, from Chicago <laughs> and uh, we got everyone in Palm Springs and we did, you know, Indian weddings are typically like, you know, multi-day events. And this was, it was a multi-day event, but it wasn't just the Indian traditions. It was a mix of Western and Indian traditions. And it was just really lovely to see every single person come out to Palm Springs and really just really get into it. Right. They really like the henna party, like everyone did it. Mm-hmm. All, like everyone was engaged yeah. in everything and it just, it just felt so lovely for the couple. And I know that they remarked several times that it was so great to see all their people, you know, loving on each other as well as them. And those are the, yeah. that's really when it starts, when it really feels great for me. Like when I can tell that, like we're bringing people together that didn't know each other before, maybe, you know, together. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. That's one of the, also a good part of destination wedding yes. because everybody gets to travel <laughs> together and they get to meet at the same point and then they have like a maybe a wedding week a mini vacation together with all of the people to get to know each other as you said like bringing two families together yeah you get really close with people in that way like um my dad his second his second marriage (laughs) of second of three uh was Mm -hmm. in italy and we we planned like two weeks in italy with you know there was um 14 of us that went and those 14 people are still amazing i mean I feel like they're my family now, you know, like even if, even the ones who are just friends, like you really do bond with, with everyone at a destination wedding. Yeah, exactly. And would you say that there are some things that people forget to plan for their wedding? (laughs) Yeah, all the time. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Well, because I think we spend so much time planning for the reception, right? Because that's the fun part. And then (laughs) kind of more begrudgingly, (laughs) couples will plan for their ceremony because they have to, right? Someone's got to write it. Someone's got to say, yeah. and then, but then if you don't have a planner mm-hmm. or even if you do, um, there comes a point in the, in the planning when all the big stuff is done and the timeline is made. And then I start asking my question, my clients questions like, so how are you spending the morning of your wedding? And they just look at me with a blank face and I'm like, <laughs> have you, do you know what, how are you? Well, I, well, I think we're all going to get together. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, who's going to, orchestrate that because it's not just going to happen like as much as we love our family and friends they're not just going to read our minds so whatever Mm -hmm. kind of morning Mm -hmm. you you need to have you need to make sure that it happens right so I had a a couple uh, a few years ago a same-sex couple two grooms who when I asked them this question they looked at each other and said oh well 
it's going to be different for both of us as if that was a bad thing. And I said, well, explain to me. And they were like, well, Jeff gets up really early and he likes to work out and go for a run, take the dogs for a walk. He likes to make a smoothie, sit down. He reads a book. Like he's up for like two hours before I am. I like to sleep in. I like to roll out of bed. I take mm-hmm. a, I take a leisurely shower. I'm going to want a donut. I want to hang out and gab with my friends. And they were feeling like they needed to have one united answer there. Like I was going to make them get ready together. And I said, no, no, no. Whatever you need for your best morning, please do that on your wedding day. So if you need to be separate for that, then just be separate for that. And that's what they did. And, and, you know, Jeff was with his friends, his early riser friends, and they all had their smoothies and did yoga. And then, you know, James did a a quieter thing that was more, you know, sleepy and what he, I'm personally with James. I like to roll out of bed late and do what I want. Mm -hmm. Right. But you need to understand, like, don't invite your, your friend who gets up at 5am to your lazy morning. Cause that energy isn't going to be what you want. See, vice versa. And also like exactly, consider your yeah. family, especially for destination, especially if you're all staying in the same, same property. If you don't want your mom all up in your face while you're yeah. getting ready, you have to figure it out. You have to oh, make yeah. that happen in a way that, because the morning sets up the whole day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're right. And especially as you said, for instance, if you have a bigger group to all together to stay in the same villa or something, it's good if the bride has like a nook where yeah. she can, you know, uh, or a groom or whoever, but yeah. whoever is getting married, um, if they can just, you know, go away from the whole, yeah, uh, <laughs> from the whole madness, just to get ready for the day because there's so many things to do and so many. Uh, preparations as you said and uh, so many different people that need different things like as you said mother will need something else and the bride or the groom and uh, um, bridesmaids will need different things or want different things and as you said there are different energies and uh, some of some of them will want smoothies the other one will want it's totally true i mean listen the morning of my own wedding in philadelphia we overslept we slept through Mm -hmm. our alarm so i was Yeah, it was, it was like chaos. I woke up the morning of my wedding because, because our hair, the hairstylist was knocking on the door of our suite. And my husband looked at me and goes, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm a sleep in person. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, Renee, it's our wedding day. Get up, get up, get up. And I was up like a shot in the shower while he was answering the door and he ran to get bagels. Like we had a whole plan for the morning that we slept through. Like, do not, please do not be us. It ended up fine. The day was on time, but that, that first like adrenaline rush of the morning, you don't want that. Trust yeah. me, you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want to. No, you don't want to sleep no, through your wedding. Yeah, <laughs> don't sleep late. Um, the other thing too, which may or may not be, uh, you know, relevant for 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 a destination wedding, especially in Greece, is transportation. Like, how are we getting from place to place? Right. If you're getting oh, married yeah. at a church and then a restaurant, exactly. how are we getting there? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is so relevant. This is so important because uh, many times uh, like a reception and actual ceremony locations might not be on the same place. So um, especially in smaller islands, if the couple wants to have a reception with a nice view, uh, this is usually happening near the sea or something. And uh, they might not uh, have the wedding, especially if it's a civil wedding, which usually has to happen in the town hall, they might not be able to do it on the beach or at the reception venue. So as you said, the transportation is so important. And not only for this, the transportation of all the people to get to the venue you know, from their hotel rooms or whatever. So yeah, this has to be organized. Especially for your guests who are really going out of their comfort zone to go to a foreign country. You know, I know with my Mm -hmm. dad and when we were were in Italy, we were in um, Positano, which is, you know, right by the ocean. And um, the streets Mm -hmm. are very, very narrow. (laughs) To drive in Positano is like a a white knuckle situation. And I remember one of our guests just kept saying, Mm. like, how are we getting everywhere? Because she hated driving their rental car. It made her panicked. And so first day we were there, we realized like, okay, we're going to have to get like little those little Mercedes van buses um, because they're narrow to take Mm -hmm, everyone mm -hmm. places because uh, no one wanted to drive. And that was something that didn't occur to us until we were actually on the ground. We fixed it. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's something to consider. Yeah, you're so right. (laughs) Like 
Absolutely. I always encourage my couples and encourage every listener of yours to really talk to your partner about how you want your wedding night to end. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about sex here. I'm talking about like the actual end of the event. Um, <laughs> and this is also another a personal story from my own wedding. But, you know, my husband and I, we didn't talk about the end of the night. I think we both just assumed that we would stay to the mm -hmm. end and we would walk back together. Now, we were getting mm -hmm. married in Philadelphia, um, old city Philadelphia, which is like where the, where the U.S. started, basically. A lot of cobblestone streets. Everything is very close together. Mm -hmm. Our venue and our, the hotel we were staying at were like two blocks away. And it was an easy walk. You could see our hotel mm -hmm. from, the, from the door. So yeah. in my mind, I was like, well, we're going to take a romantic walk back through this. There was like a, a garden through the garden to the hotel yeah. at the end of the night. Once everyone leaves, it'll be so romantic. So that's the, that's the idea I had in my head. Of course, I didn't share that with anybody. Yeah. Including my husband. My husband had his own mm -hmm. idea of how the night was going to end, uh, which was similar to my to my take on it, which we found out much later. But my mother uh didn't want to leave. She wanted to walk out with us. That is such a good point yeah. because nobody ever thinks about that, how things will end. And especially uh, I must add here, if a venue yeah. has like a certain hour, like uh, sometimes in Greece, depending where you get married. Some venues have like, okay, we are closing at two or I don't know, four or 12 even, or there's right. no more music after 12 if you are somewhere in the city or like, uh, for instance, Santorini is famous for this, not to have loud music yeah. uh, after, I don't know, a certain hour. So uh, because right. everybody <laughs> lives on top of each other there, so it's, you know, you should, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't uh, bother people. So yeah, these things are so important, especially for such venues. Like, what will happen after? What happens when the music right. stops? You know, do we leave? Do we stay? Right. Do we have and a romantic like, walk? <laughs> you know, what happens what to the happens guests? To and the what guests? happens to yeah. everything you've brought into the venue and potentially any gifts that were brought? What happens to mm. all that? You know, You're, oh that's my, one of the reasons yes. I love yeah. my job because I love telling my couples, hey, just go home yeah. or do or go, go, you get to leave. I'll take care of the rest. Yeah. I'll get your gifts. I'll take your stuff. You take your personal mm -hmm. items and just go. And it's a big relief, you know, to have that because yeah. otherwise you're coming like the adrenaline is high. You're excited. You're in love. You've partied. You're sweaty. Mm -hmm. You're a little bit drunk probably. And then someone's like, Here, take all your boxes. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Such a buzzkill. Yeah. Such a buzzkill. Exactly. exactly and especially you know who takes care of the gifts like some of them are you know priceless items or even money like what happens if nobody is designated exactly. to take care of the gifts you know maybe the the planner maybe doesn't know it's that they need to take care sure, of the gifts different uh, so planners have different ethics around that you know different like so for instance, like with my, exactly, with my yeah. full planning clients, I will take their physical gifts. Like if someone brings them a blender or something, but, but any sort of envelope that might have mm -hmm. a, that might have cash or a check in it, that goes with them. I don't, I don't, we exactly. don't, we don't even really touch them yeah. and let, we just move the box closer and closer to where we are. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the night, I, I hand it, I usually hand mm -hmm. it to a parent because we've already talked about who gets it, who, you know, but I'll say I'll like, here's the box. There's yeah, 25 okay, cards in there. Uh, we counted them, you know, make sure you have them in the morning or, you know, and I'll say, Hey, guys, your mom has the cards, but like, yeah. I have no problem taking the physical gifts. Other wedding planners won't touch that with a 10 foot pole. They just won't. They'll say, Nope, that's their problem. Um, yeah. But again, okay. I like to, ha I like that moment where it's like, please just go, you know, I'm not going to like load up your car. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah, but have, have the conversation. And then also like, if any of my DIY couples out there, I don't know if it's DIY a big thing. It's a little bit here. Mm -hmm. People like, Bring their own booze yeah, and bring their own crafts bit, yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you have to decide like who's gonna take all that home because mm -hmm. they can't stay at the venue. Exactly. Which was sweet, but I did Aww. not know that, that was her expectation. And my husband <laughs> yeah. didn't know either. So he kept trying to say, like, yeah. you know, you don't have to stay. You could um you you know, you could just are you you don't want to yeah. walk back by yourself? Do you not feel safe? And she's like, No, no, I feel safe. I'll just stay with you guys. And and Joe was like, Well, you know, you could go by yourself though. Like it was just a weird it was such the weirdest thing. And, yeah. you know, she didn't get the hint, obviously. And we all walked through the romantic park together at the end of the night. Uh, it was so <laughs> awkward. And then we walked her to the hotel. And then Joe goes, I really wish we would have done that by ourselves. And I go, do you want to back up and do it again? And he was like, no, the moment's lost. Yeah. And I always think it was, it was such a minor, no. um, after we had a beautiful, lovely, like almost perfect wedding. But that's the story that my husband tells people. Like, 
when, when they're like, did anything go wrong at your oh wedding? He's like, well, because it could have been prevented <laughs> if we had had a conversation, but he and I didn't have the conversation. True, and then, yeah. and therefore no one talked to my mom about it. Cause if I had said, Hey mom, Joe and I really want to, it's, I, we yeah. know it's cheesy, but we want to do this thing where we walk through the park. She wouldn't have been like, no, yeah. <laughs> she just didn't know. Yeah. And we didn't know. Cause we didn't talk. So <laughs> Talk about the end of the night with your partner. Cause you know, I've also, as a planner, I've seen, I've seen couples where one of them is like kind of drunk and wants to leave early. And the other partner is like, no, we paid for this. We're staying till the end. So it's like, even at that, exactly. even that, yeah. you need to talk about how you want the end of the night to go. And especially if you bring your own decoration, like some of the items, some yeah. brides, uh, even ship things yeah. from, let's say, USA, some small items, like what happens to this? Does the venue take it and throws it away? You know, like you need to make sure right. that somebody collects these things because the venue yeah. might and not. And we, have, we had that to, for my own know? wedding, just from Philadelphia to LA, we had shipped a lot of candles and other things. And by after the wedding, Joe was like, I don't want any of this. Yeah. And we gave it, we ended up gifting it forward to a, a family friend exactly. who was getting married. I was like, do you want any of this? She's like, yes. I'm like, there you go. But if we hadn't had that yeah. moment, we would have been stuck <laughs> with a bunch of stuff to send back to LA, not having had the thought to do it, you know, ahead of time to think like, oh, this is something we have to deal with, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, brides would think, okay, it's cheaper to bring it from the States than to rent it here or to pay the florist extra for the candles or whatever. But, uh, you know, on the end, as you said, what do you do after? Do you yeah. send it back? Then you have extra expense. Do you, yeah. you know, throw it away? Like, uh, you know, it's I, maybe waste, whatever. I can say know? this so, with so, almost 100% certainty yeah. that it is never cheaper to get it yourself DIY it and send it. It's never cheaper. And, yeah. and ultimately, not even that satisfying. <laughs> You know, because you, you think you'll have over like I made yeah. it, and at the end you're like, I don't even want to see that thing again. So, yeah. as a planner, I always encourage people like, exactly. first of all, renting is way more sustainable for the environment. It, it, it you know, it supports the local mm -hmm. vendors as well, but also like, just make it easier on your life. Mm -hmm. Do not ship candles to Greece, please. <laughs> exactly, it's plenty we of have candles already in Greece. They buy you. But yeah, as you said, uh, do you really want this extra work on your wedding day? <laughs> like you have so much things to think about and to plan. But right. is, is, is that really going to be really for you? One candles. more thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, any other? You know, tips, I know uh, this is probably talked about in blogs and stuff, but I, I should mention it as well. Is that like in, in planning the morning and planning the day up until the point where you actually get to the wedding itself, like, please plan to eat something. I see so many of my couples, even when I tell them, please oh, yeah. eat, they're like, I can't, I'm, I'm too nervous, or I can't, I'm too excited. I'm like, please eat, because the last thing you want is a lightheaded uh, bride or groom that's like barely holding it together during mm -hmm. the ceremony. Like you want to be really present for your wedding, um, especially if you're in Greece, my goodness, right? Like, look around, look where you are, and just eat a pastry, for God's yeah. sakes, have a coffee have some eggs, have some protein, like yeah. make sure that you're treating your body well in that morning. Cause I see so many couples not do it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you suggest some routines uh, like the night before? Or I mean, the yes, but I also think like, just do what you always do. Like I, I would say this is not the time to put in a new, mm -hmm. a new routine the week of your wedding. Um, but hopefully by that point, you know what works for you and what doesn't and what keeps you balanced and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe don't yeah. add in a new thing. So here's a funny story. So um, I am I'm not a super anxious person, um, but but I am mm -hmm. like a type A person and a planner. So my maid of honor uh, for my own wedding mm -hmm. sort of understood that there might be a point in the day where I would get tense because things weren't quote unquote going to schedule. Um, and there pretty soon after, I mean, of course mm -hmm. we woke up late. So that, that was one, but so I was kind of like off kilter a little bit that whole morning, but then we had scheduled hair and makeup for the bridal party and also my mom and my stepmom and my aunt and, um, everyone who was not my bridal party arrived late for their appointment. So actually I don't think yeah. my stepmother did, but my mother and my aunt showed up like 45 minutes after their scheduled time. And I was trying to call them <clears throat> mm -hmm. and text them, text them. And I was like, where are you? Where are you? And they weren't answering. And my maid of honor comes over to me with this little tin of laws of like a, like lozenges. And it said, it said for calming. 
on them. Yeah. She opened up and she was take one of these. And I was like, what is it? And she's like, it'll just calm you down. And so I took it. I just popped it in my mouth. I just trusted. And I was like, okay, well, like 30 minutes later, I was like, this isn't helping. And she's like, well, then take another one. So I took another calming like lozenge. And then like an hour later, I was yeah. like, uh, I was completely out of it. She was like, what's happening? I was like, I'm very relaxed. Oh and she's my like, God. well, you took two of them. I was like, you told me to. And I was like, what are, they, what are these? And they were just like um, yeah. elderberry and something. They're, they're like, you can sell, get them at the drugstore. I wasn't taking like drugs or anything, but but I don't take anything like that. Yeah, so yeah. it was a brand new thing for me that I was like, yeah, no, let's do it. And okay. so it was horrible. Um, I was very relaxed, but I was so relaxed that I forgot to bring my wallet to the to the venue. I forgot my second pair of shoes. My wedding planner had to run back down the block to our hotel to get the things I forgot. And people were like, this is really out of character for you. I'm like, I know yeah. it was those lozenges. Like I was so, so like, maybe don't do that. Yeah. Maybe don't take the lozenge from your friend where yeah. you don't know what's in it. Um, yeah. That was my, yeah. and then later on when they told Joe, he was like, you were on drugs. I was like, I wasn't on drugs. It was like herbal something. And he's like, cause yeah. you know, I barely take an Advil when I feel sick. Herbal. And so he's like, yeah, for you, that's, that's too much. I was like, apparently, yeah. apparently that's on drugs. Oh my God. Something always happens yeah. on the day. Oh, and then also speaking of my wallet, like who yeah, else, need, who needs to be paid on the wedding day? By, uh, listen, if you're listening to the sound of my voice oh, yeah. and you are planning a wedding, Please, please, please pay people before the day of your wedding. Just pay them. Pay them online. Do whatever you can to not have to remember to pay anyone the day of your wedding because you will forget and then you will feel real bad about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And also to carry around all this cash or whatever, you know, uh, the just the burden of paying, you know, you are it's your wedding day. Yes. You need to have fun and not think about yes. uh, balances and payments. Yeah, yes, definitely yes, yes, deal 100%. with this beforehand, yeah. That's a good point. Is there one question that almost every bride uh, or groom asks you before the wedding? I mean, yeah, yes, there's a few, but I think the biggest question that we talk about a lot with my club, with my couples is just, you know, balancing family expectations for this event with what the, what mm. the couple wants. And I think, again, this goes back to communication. Like I talked about with my mm -hmm. mom, it's like, we think that we, uh, that everyone gets it. And we eat and then we understand each other and we don't have to have those conversations, yeah. but it's nothing is ever harmed by having the, the honest conversation of like, mm -hmm. this is what our wedding is going to be like. Is there anything here that you, that, that you expect that we're not doing? And it, sometimes it manifests in really silly things mm -hmm. like, um, like cake cutting. The cake cutting moment for whatever reason is mm -hmm. always really important to parents and my modern couples don't even care about it. They're like, eh, I guess we'll cut a cake or they'll cut like a tiny yeah. cake or have a cupcake. And suddenly later they're like, my mom is really mad about the cake. And I'm like, yeah, I could have told you that too. And and I don't know why it is. It's that thing now. I'm sure yeah. 10 years ago, it was something else, but like have the conversation because honestly, if your mother's been dreaming <laughs> of the moment where you cut your cake, since you were a newborn child, let her have it. Just let her have it. I mean, that's my take on it, yeah. but have the conversation. So, you know, I see it also a lot with uh, mm -hmm. who's walking down the aisle is a big, big conversation. And honestly, you know, I, I encourage my couples to have that conversation really early on and it doesn't always happen. A lot of times at the rehearsal, I am changing the lineup because some family member is like, wait a minute, I'm not walking down the aisle. And I'm like, do you want your grandma down the aisle? I guess I'm like, okay, let's add grandma in. Like, cause you don't want people to feel left out. Right. And and it's, it's important to just have those conversations yeah, to yeah. avoid hurt feelings, especially if what you're doing is a little non-traditional or just not quote unquote normal for your family. Yeah, exactly. And also to, it's good to talk about things with your parents before, like what are right. your views on your wedding day? So they will not be going into right. this expecting something else, you know, uh, like from for instance, in my case, my mom had this vision of me being in a white dress and, you know, all the like the bride, princess, whatever. But this was just not me. So I, I we went around shopping for dresses, but, uh, you know, in the end, right. we didn't we didn't end up buying any. And uh, at the end, I just wore a pantsuit because right. this is what I felt most comfortable in. Um, okay, she accepted it, of course. But, you know, you could see that something was, you know, like she was not really uh excited about it like 
for right. her it's right. not really right. a wedding let's say you know, and honestly like i, I can't fault our parents <laughs> yeah. for that because they've had dreams for us from the day we were born before we were born and so yeah. you know like some of them yeah. are negotiable and some of them aren't like like you were in a pantsuit like you have to just figure out what those edges are um yeah. especially when you're taking a destination wedding because i know exactly. before for my dad's wedding uh his second wedding in italy mm -hmm. we i had you know a big conversation with him and and uh and his fiance at the time about like are there any italian wedding culture uh, things that you want in the ceremony otherwise we're not going to do them because you're mm -hmm. this you know they had a civil ceremony at home and so the wedding in italy was mm -hmm. you know not legal but we i was like is there anything there that you want to do when we had a long conversation about it because I also wanted it to be, um, or to set expectations for the guests, right? If they were going to sit through an hour and a half long ceremony, I wanted to let them know. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So um, tell us a little bit more what you're currently working on. Like you said, the, the yes. planning, wedding planning is a little bit on pause because of COVID. Um, I'm sure new brides, yes. new new projects are already opening. Uh, but so we have a lot going on, um, actually, in a year on? that really nothing happened. <laughs> I'm not good at being idle. So it was just like more time <laughs> to do things. Uh, we started uh, we started a little side business with yeah. five other wedding planners local to Los Angeles called the Los Angeles Small Wedding Collective, where um, and that's where we do our micro weddings. And for us, a micro mm -hmm. wedding means uh, 10 people or less, no reception, just a ceremony, cake cutting and champagne and photo shoot. So that's like we do it at the at really high end venues in LA venues that you really wouldn't be able to get into for the price point that we're offering um, to give you know to do something a little special mm -hmm. for clients because I think mm -hmm. even once we are able to all be vaccinated and we're seeing the end of COVID I I do think these smaller weddings are still going to be around so mm -hmm. that was our side hustle as far as wedding planning went mm -hmm. and then like you said because I'm a speaker and I'm also an educator I have a bunch of online classes for wedding planners and wedding pros we've been sort of leaning into more of that this year doing mm -hmm. a lot of webinars. Ours. Um, I also have a podcast called Talk with Renee Dallow, where we mm -hmm. talk to um, other creatives and wedding industry pros, um, sort of just to expand the way we run our business, the way our minds work around our business. I think I love the wedding industry and I'm so grateful and happy mm -hmm. to be making a living in it. But I do think we're a little myopic in that we kind of talk to the same 20 people over and over and say, like, what do you think about this this mm -hmm. year? And instead, it's like mm. there are many people out there yeah. doing creative, brilliant work in slightly adjacent fields. And so I'm like, yeah. I want those guys on my Absolutely. podcast to talk about how we can, you know, run our businesses like an online marketer, like a uh, health and wellness, yeah. you know, specialist or like a life coach. Like there are people out there doing creative work that we can learn yeah. from. Oh my God, I'm so pro all of the all of this that you're saying, and I totally agree with you. And I must say, I was also I'm also a listening oh, listener you. and a follower of your podcast. And the latest podcast where you're talking about Facebook ads was just like yeah. so I don't know to point to the point, and Thanks. I so agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it's totally totally important um, to promote ourselves and to know how to and all of these things. And how to run the businesses, and as you yeah. said, to bring you know different perspectives to to Thank our you. industry. Yeah, that you're so right, and yeah, definitely a very good, very good resource to have. Uh, if I was still a wedding planner, I would be so grateful <laughs> for all the advice. And sometimes I'm like, oh my god, there's so much yeah, great advice when going I started, on. Right? Like and, 14 you know, years ago, no one wanted to talk about really how they ran okay, their business, yeah. and now we're all like, let's talk about it. And it's I think we're better for it. Yeah. We're a better industry for it. Okay. The whole industry, I think it's evolving because of it and getting better. So, yeah, as you said, like maybe, I mean, there's going to be a competition anyways. Like even if we talk about it or if we don't talk about it, like uh, I always say, uh, for instance, here in Greece, we have lots of bars and lots of restaurants and you go down the street and there's like yeah. restaurant next to a restaurant, <laughs> literally, and right. they're all full. And I'm like, okay, so... You know, how are they surviving? They're literally competition next to each other and they're surviving and yeah. going and they're offering the same product, you know. Yeah. So if they can do it, you Absolutely. can do it too. You know, we can do it too. <laughs> uh, that's amazing to hear. And uh, because we are running out of time, uh, for the last question, uh, is there any like must-know advice that you want to give to some brides? Oh, I think my biggest wedding? advice is that you can have whatever kind of wedding you want and do really whatever you want as long as you're communicating to your people. I think that the reason people 
uh, guests mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. feel unsatisfied or uncomfortable at an event is because they haven't been told enough about the event. Um, I see some some couples now want to keep a lot of it mm-hmm. close to the vest, like mm-hmm. they want to surprise everyone. Um, just ask yourself, like, when is the last time you loved a surprise? <laughs> You know, I, I think we're, we can do whatever we yeah. want as long as we're communicating appropriately. And so I think really sharing the not all the journey, of course, because that would be boring planning with your guests, but really, mm-hmm. really making it an experience that's not only for you and your partner, but your guests as well, will make them feel like this is the best wedding of all time, because mm-hmm. we've lost the um, a little bit, I think, maybe in the States, maybe it's not the same in Greece, but I think we've lost the ability um to, ho- to, you know, to host, like we're not hosting things anymore because especially after this year, we've all been locked in our homes. Mm-hmm. And so the art of hosting someone, of making someone feel really mm-hmm. welcome, if you can manage to do that with your wedding, oh, that's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to make everyone feel amazing and, and included and like, and part of this amazing day. It has, I'm, I'm, I can tell you from uh, uh, personal experience, it has, it has changed so much in the past 10 years. Like, uh, you can't believe how much uh, this industry has grown. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. Yeah. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you to plan wedding with them. In I'm Sofini, in. Uh, my wedding, <laughs> wedding planning business you? is called Moxie Bright Events. The website is Moxie Bright Events. Also, you can find me at Moxie Bright Events on Instagram. Um, if you're a wedding pro and you're interested in the podcast, that's Talk with Renee Dallow. My website is just my name, Renee Dallow, and the Instagram is Talk with Renee Dallow. Well, I wish you all the best in your further endeavors, and I'm sure we'll be hearing you all over. (laughs) Okay, you must come to Greece because this is like literally the top (laughs) offer here in Greece, like the hosting. Yeah, Greeks are the best. I was in Santorini (laughs) a long time ago when I was when I was a kid, when I was uh, early teens, and I loved it and was like, we have to go back there immediately. Um, Once the world opens up again, we'll be we'll be going everywhere. So yeah. And uh, yeah, keep up the good spirit. And really, I'm, I really appreciate all the amazing advice that you have given us to us. Uh, it was a lot of advice in this episode. Thank you. And thank you so, so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Was a really good one. This episode is sponsored by Submit My Wedding. Submit My Wedding is the first resource for engaged couples and newlyweds that walks them through the real wedding submission process. Submit My Wedding is the creation of wedding publicists, OFD Consulting, who have submitted hundreds of real weddings to blogs and publications in the last decade. As a bonus, customers who purchase the Real Wedding Submission Bundle will be invited to ongoing office hours with the OFD publicity team. Thanks for listening to Elwed Talks. I hope you found this show helpful and inspirational. You can subscribe and listen to Elwood Talks on some of your favorite platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor and many more. Head over to elwood.com podcast to find out more. If you found this episode helpful, feel free to leave a review or a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your chosen platform. If you are planning your wedding in Greece, make sure to download our Elwood magazine filled with resources and inspirational advice at elwood.com magazine. Or follow us on our socials for instant inspiration at elwedmag. On the other hand, if you just want to share your thoughts about this episode, ask a question or want to be on our next show, you can leave us a voice message on Anchor or head over to elwe.com slash podcast to get in touch. This podcast was brought to you by Elwed.